Matt, I got a story for you. Okay, hit me. So a friend of a friend manages uh, a video game store in town here. Okay. And he was doing some hiring recently. You know, it's a retail, so Christmas, the holiday shopping season. Uh-huh. Uh, so they they were doing some hiring recently. And as part of their uh, application process uh, on, like, this the form, there is a knowledge quiz. Just to make sure that people know kind of what they're getting into and uh, to, to make sure that these people kind of know video games yeah. uh, before they hire them. Yeah. Right. Uh, and... Uh, He's sent me uh, some photos of a couple of these applications. Um, I'll read off the knowledge quiz question. Um, Below are uh, listed three different video game genres. Please provide two examples of games uh, for each that you believe could be classified under that genre. Okay. All right. Uh, we encourage you being specific rather than the name of a whole series. Uh, so, uh, for instance, write Super Mario Galaxy instead of just Mario. Okay. Um, allow me to read to you some of these uh, <laughs> quiz answers. These are from real people. So these are real applicants okay. to a video game store. Uh, category, RPG. Uh, the answers this applicant provided were Sims games and <laughs> Walking Dead. <laughs> okay. Genre 2, platformer. First example, Nintendo question mark <laughs> very specific Se- second example we question mark super specific uh third uh genre vis- uh, visual novel uh-huh. first example Harry Potter <laughs> is this second the example, same person yeah this is all the one applicant <laughs> second example Narnia wow uh the, I, I, there, I, this is one of several photos I received. Um, <laughs> one of them is uh, three genres. Fighting, uh, their example was Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Uh, second genre, MMORPG. Yeah. Their example, Call of Duty. Uh, but it's two Ts, so it's actually Call called Duty. Call of Duty! And uh, for visual novel, they put Racing. What? Everybody's favorite game, racing. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I could go on. Um, there's one where I, I really kind of want you to. Okay. Uh, one's FPS. Um, they put Far Cry and Fallout. So not necessarily okay. specific. Um, but okay. Um, they didn't write anything else. That was it. There was two other genres, and they, they just left, left those blank. <laughs> and then the, there's a follow-up a follow-up question that says, uh, "What is your all-time favorite video game?" Uh-huh. And this guy put Fallout New Vegas. So he wasn't specific. He he knows Fallout New Vegas, but yeah. he did not think to be that specific to put that as his as requested his specific yeah. answer. <laughs> I guess you can tell he, uh, he he probably left the other two blank because he only plays games that are in the same vein as like Far Cry and Fallout. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, the uh, w- one of them uh, for the platformer, they put Super Mario, mm-hmm. uh, and then they put some for GBA. Oh, sorry, it says Sonic. Sonic, Sonic for, G- for GBA. That's almost specific. <laughs> they 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 it was not Sonic the Hedgehog. 
<laughs> you think they would just rate that. Yeah. You know, any of the games that Sonic is actually known for. <laughs> no, they put Sonic for GBA. It's that, hey, you know what? That's almost specific. So <laughs> a little, I'll, get, I'll give it a little prop. Um, uh, okay, last one. Uh, RPG, they put Animal Crossing and Castlevania. So close. <laughs> Survival Horror, they put Slender and Resident Evil. And then for Rail sh- Shooter, they put nothing at all. So I guess slender is technically specific, but <laughs> I I just wondered like who uh, why if I'm gonna apply to work at a video game store like I don't know like I feel like I probably have to <laughs> at least get like eighty percent of that on that quiz eighty I feel like you should get a hundred percent like even if they're I'm saying at least I mean play you should know look at the pool of applicants look at the pool of applicants that they're getting here I don't think they can shoot for this guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess not. <laughs> another episode of super fx the show where we finally found out the perfect formula for how to start our podcast i'm matt <laughs> and i'm tyler do we know it's perfect yet if we haven't uh if you question this... it it's not perfect tyler <laughs> shit and this what is episode, episode is this? 17 right on <laughs> hey what's up what's new how you been uh i've been good uh yeah it's 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 been uh it's been a week or it's been a couple weeks you know yeah. Um, nose to the grindstone, as it were. I don't even really know what that know, know what that means, but um, yeah, it's been it's been busy. Uh, we we went bowling last night. Ooh. Um, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, we. So in Canada, we have something called five pin bowling. Okay. Um, which is uh, obviously separate from regular ten pin bowling. Yes. Um, and it, I gathered you, you as get much. like a you get like this like really small ball like. It's like you don't put your fingers in it, you know. Like oh, it's you the just size roll it. of like I. It's yeah, it's the size of like I don't know, like a cantaloupe maybe. Okay. Or like a large orange, um, something like that. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, you just like eat these things because they're so light. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and I don't know why, but it's like a Canadian thing. Yeah, we definitely don't, don't like, have that here at all. I, I'd really like to know what the how, how this originated. Like somebody ordered. Like they they were setting up a bowling alley, they placed the order for the pins, and only half of them came. <laughs> and they were like, "Oh well, <laughs> so we gotta figure something else." <laughs> well, I have a, I have a question, right? Because with okay. ten pins, it's easy to you know one, then two, then three, then four. That makes ten. But how do you set up five in a way that's vaguely bowlable? Uh, uh, it's like they're in like a straight line, but it's not a straight line. They're in like a like a V shape. Oh, it's one and then two I spread out, and then two and spread out more. What? It's it's one <laughs> one in the front and then two behind it and then yeah, two behind yeah. that spread out left and right more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like a chevron. Okay. Yeah, like a duck's. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so you got to kind of like you know like pick these things off as a little snipe show little thing. Okay. Um, that's cute. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. The, the the place we went to here in town, it's like it's all like retro style. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's it's almost like 70s theme. Um and like they still have like the original like like uh, whatever like the first kind of computery systems that they got 
for those. So it's like these massive CRTs that are hanging from the ceiling that oh, you like, wow. you know, you type your name in them and stuff. And uh, it's like this like janky old software. <laughs> uh, it's it's really cool, but they, they do a really good job of it. So yeah, a lot of fun. You've you've seen all those memes where it's like nobody, no one at all, not a single soul, and then it's like the bowling like strike screen. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, like, this fucking yeah. weird amalgamation of, like, this deformed child and, like, a literal turkey. And they're, like, oh, skipping, holding hands around, like, what is essentially, like, a fire. But it's, like... Those videos are absolutely bananas. <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> I, I, I I wish I was, like... What, what, a, what, a, what a line of work that would be. It's be, like, the guy who, like, makes... <laughs> the guy who makes the bowling <laughs> the, video. <laughs> the bowling animations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, whenever I go bowling with my friends, it's been a long time, but I, I think it's an unspoken rule. Like, when you go bowling with your friends, you're not allowed to, like, put in your actual name. You have to put in, like, some dumbass Oh, oh yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, uh, yesterday I was, um, uh, what, what, Trent? <laughs> Trent? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, like Trent, but with an A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Trent. But it's Trant. Yeah, that's a real name, maybe for somebody. Yeah, no, no, my friends and I will go bowling, and they they use the whole night as an excuse just to go, "Hey, dick balls, you're up." <laughs> and then the fucking screen says, "Dick balls." <sighs> do you think the Do you think like the the staff at a bowling alley are like uh like they they check around to see what people are naming themselves, and they like. Tell, they tell their coworkers like, "Hey, this motherfucker just named him some dick balls." <laughs> <laughs> or do you well, think like they've seen it all? Oh, I'm, so, like, I'm sure they've seen them. it all. They've seen so many different groups of people from like all different walks of life, different genders, different like types of humor walk through that bowling alley, putting their names into the fucking interface. They have probably seen every last possible thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they've seen like horribly like racist bigoted stuff incredibly sexual things like they gotta have seen it all i okay uh i here's a challenge for for the listeners out there uh let us know what you think is um a name that would actually make the bowling uh alley employee like laugh <laughs> or, or at the very least seen. like do a double take <laughs> <laughs> yeah like oh shit that's a good one <laughs> yeah like oh jim i haven't ever seen that one before what about you uh no tom i don't think i have <laughs> uh hey should we, should we should we talk about video games yeah <laughs> have you uh what's bowling, up Bowling's How, a game <laughs> bowling is a game uh we bowling now on we uh <laughs> but no like uh how how goes uh how goes legend of dragoon are you still uh slogging uh, through yeah, it's 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 ongoing. I like I'm still playing it. Uh, I think I'm twenty something hours in. It's like that, you know. It it's the same. I'm not even gonna talk about it because it's yeah, like sure. It's samey as hell. Like you you basically get the game in the first like hour of it. You're like okay, I get it, and then like from there on out, it's just that for yeah. another fifty nine hours. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes. So it's it's coming along. Uh, it's it's very much. It's like so mindless. You know, like I'm, I'm I just like play it while like there's a movie on or something. And yeah, yeah. I All right. I almost wish that like it's so close to being like, um, you know, you just, I don't know what the name is, but like a game where like you just can just hit X X X over and over and over. Mindless. And, <laughs> yeah. Win win the battle. Oh, like yeah. it's almost that, but you have to like the QTE attacks right um so you can't like fully look away 
but it's because you know like when you're grinding like maybe for pokemon especially like you can just like walk around in a circle you get into a battle you hit a a bunch and then you get into the net you know yeah uh, and so it's like you can like look away entirely basically mm-hmm. uh, but they on a dragoon because of the qtes you can't and i'm like fucking <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> and some of them are actually hard sometimes they like throw a curveball like sometimes it's like you got to press circle instead of x like because you kind of it's always the same rhythm for every attack it's like the same rhythm um or sorry for each attack that you pick they each have their own rhythm right and some of them are longer and more challenging than others um but you know you have each character has like their attack and so you kind of learn it over time mm-hmm. uh, but every now and then they throw like a circle in there and so you like gotta pay attention oh you really have like, to be looking then yeah, yeah it feels like a chore <laughs> <laughs> wow uh Anyway, so that's still going. Um, but uh, the other game that I picked up this week that I did not expect to start playing, um, I was on the eShop during uh, their Black Friday sale. Yeah. Um, and uh, I noticed that there was a game on there that I had heard of and heard good things about uh, for like three bucks. And so I was like, yeah, I'll pick that up. Because uh, I was kind of looking for like a, uh, I like to call it like a that bed game, you know, just something I can play in oh, bed yeah, yeah. for a few minutes or whatever. Uh, so I was kind of looking for something like that. Uh, so I picked it up. It is Dicey Dungeons, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you're reading my the, yeah the yeah. Podcast. I'm laughing because the fucking show notes say die hyphen z don dons. <laughs> die z don dons. Yeah, that's die z don dons to you. Yeah, and yet somehow die z <laughs> is a, a uh, better analog for dicey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I've been playing Dicey Dungeons, uh, which is by Terry, uh, Terry Kavanaugh, who also did... Oh, yeah, VVVVVV. VVVV and Super Hexagon. Yeah. Which Super Hexagon is, like, Lauren's, one of Lauren's, like, all-time favorite games. And we've played a ton of... I have, like, multiple hours. I'm going to pull my Steam right now and tell you how many hours I have in Super Hexagon, because it's, like, a stupid amount for such a simple game. You know, I've heard so many good things about it, I haven't played it. I'm gonna have really? to. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Play it. It's it's like dead simple. So, uh, but anyway, uh, Dicey Dungeons. So Dicey Dungeons is a uh, roguelike deck building game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of go on runs. You play as uh, one of uh, six different dice, uh, and you go uh, through these little uh, missions and defeat uh, kind of this you know fantastical cast of characters and it's uh, presented as like um it's kind of similar to kind of it reminds me almost of paper mario you know how it's like on a stage oh, sort yeah. of and it's like a theater performance it's yeah. kind of like that but it's like a game show okay that's so pretty you're cool kinda, like going yeah so you're going through this game show and you're fighting these characters and uh, each die die each die uh-huh. uh has like a different kind of um uh like quirk to them so like the the, the main guy is um just kind of like a standard fighter and he'll start with like a certain like a sword uh weapon and then um there's like a witch and the witch you have to um she has a spell book that you can pick your your actions from and so they, they all of them are like slightly different um but dude it is so engaging and so addictive um i probably put like i don't know like maybe like four to six hours in and uh, I'm, I'm not even close to finishing it. Uh, there's, like, different episodes you can play. Uh, so you have to get through, like, each die has, like, six episodes, I think, that you mm-hmm. have to get through. So uh, what's that? Six times six is 36 episodes in total. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's not easy. 
and, and so but it like every choice is agonizing like it it, it does a really good job of um, <laughs> you have basically the, the way that the core game gameplay loop is you it at the beginning of your turn you roll uh, a number of dice and then you can apply those dice to different actions um, so for for instance the, the main character will have a sword or a battle axe perhaps um, and you'll use that dice on that item and then that item will do an action depending on what the role was so for instance the, the kind of the most basic uh, uh, attacks are like you you roll the, a six and so the sword will do six damage okay uh, but you could also put that six on um, an item like a shield that might give you like six shield points or maybe you have like a regen a health regen thing and so it'll give you like six health regen, um, but it's dependent on your on your dice roll. So if you rolled uh, the whole hand of ones, right, like then you're you're kind of hooped. Yeah. Um, but there's 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 certain weapons that'll allow you to re-roll, or they'll increase your roll, or sometimes they'll split dice in half. Um, and so you you kind of build your your deck of weapons in a way that uh, works synergistically. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if you you know you know you'd have like a, a weapon and maybe a health regen item, and then maybe something that will improve your dice rolls, and then maybe something that will um, uh, I don't know give you a chance to roll another die, something like that. Uh, and, and so you build you kind of collect these items as you go through a run, and a run I would say typically takes I don't know maybe 20, 30 minutes kind of thing. Um, oh, okay. If you don't, so like, it's like if you it's make easy to just like pick up and put down then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can really get into one like really quick. Okay. Um, it's yeah, it's super fun. The music it's got a chiptune soundtrack by Chipsel, who I love. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I don't know how I started playing. Like I saw it on sale. I was like, hey, I, this is something that I have wanted to play. It's it's one of those things where it's like I know there's probably not going to be a physical of this, yeah. and so I felt fine buying it digitally. Um. Uh, and it was like three dollars or whatever, so I was like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna buy it." And yeah. then uh, what I thought would happen is that it would sit in my library for <laughs> the Forever. rest of eternity, <laughs> and I, and I would never touch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something compelled me to actually boot it up, and I started playing it, and now I'm fucking hooked. It's, That's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's super good. So uh, I would recommend it. I don't even know what the full price is. Even if it's like ten, twenty bucks, I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, especially if you're looking for something just like short little bursts kind of thing. Uh, it's like Dude, it's so engaging. It's so addicting. I like literally cannot put it down. Yeah, sometimes I do get the urge to just like boot something up quick to play, like while I'm winding down for bed. Because uh, trying to play like the game that I'm currently like working on, working on, I feel like takes too much uh, brain power when I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah. So something like yeah. quick, short like that that isn't necessarily like a whole adventure that I don't have to devote a lot of thinking time to would be pretty cool. Actually, I, I think I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, I think turn-based stuff works really well for that um, because, like, you can take your time, A, but B, if, like, something comes up and you have to, like, get up and, you know, go get a drink of water or whatever, like, you can just set it oh, down yeah. and it's, like, not, it doesn't feel like you're really, like, breaking it, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like it, with, like, platformers or, I don't know, like, racing games or anything like that, like, there's a certain level of thing where it's, like, it's just too engaging or too, like, exciting and too, I don't know, like, there's High too much octane. dexterity, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too much dexterity involved for a, for a bedtime game, you know. So I think yeah. turn based stuff like this works really well for that. Yeah, I like puzzle games going to bed too. Like, um, yeah. This, <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna show just how quirky of a collector I am, but like every now and again, it's very rare because again, like it's just something I've thought about here and there. But every now and again, I get the urge to play, um, <laughs> Bust a Move Pocket on Neo Geo Pocket Color. 
while I'm in bed. Really? Yeah, because I have like <laughs> we have these reading lights from IKEA installed on the wall, and so you just turn a dial, oh, yeah. and they just you know there's this dim light just kind of shining onto specifically my side of the bed, so I don't disturb Jackie, and I can just play like essentially just bust a move, but in 8-bit on this, like, antiquated <laughs> piece of handheld technology. And it's really You're right. fun. You're this, this right. This does show how quirky of a collector you yeah. are. <laughs> but, hey, it's fun, though. So, you know, do it. Yeah. Yeah, fair game. Uh, my, my bedtime game for a long time was uh, Picross. Oh, um, yeah. I, well, I love Picross. I, I play Picross, like, even when it's not bedtime. You say so. you say Picross, Picross, Picross. I don't know how to say it. I've always just uh, said Picross because it comes from, like, picture cross right so like I, yeah i guess i don't know i always thought it like you know it's like japanese right like well but that's the thing right like when you say it in japanese it has to be p because there's no i in japanese they don't have a choice yeah <laughs> what how do you how do you power, how do you power say of english picross? baby yeah how do you say picross leave an interesting or creative response in the comment picross. section <laughs> um what have you uh what have you been playing um well i'm still working on fire emblem right now which uh Jesus Christ, uh, I I do not know why. Maybe maybe I'm getting old and I'm like losing my mental faculties. But uh, Fire Emblem is is harder than I remember, man. Like um, I have played a lot of different Fire Emblems, and I'm not the I'm you know I'm not the best video game player in the world uh, by a long shot. But you know I know how to play Fire Emblem, and I can usually have a pretty decent time going through. I know about you know make sure you level up early so the game doesn't kill you later. Make sure you manage your items. <laughs> you know there's a lot of um, forethought that goes into playing Fire Emblem, and I'm doing what I would normally do in any other Fire Emblem playthrough. And for whatever reason, um, now that I'm playing, this is Fire Emblem Seven, which I used to emulate a lot before I ever owned it. Um, but I never, you know, I never really got far emulating it. Um, but the last time we spoke about it, I was stuck on chapter 16X, which is the side story to chapter 16. And that took me like 10 attempts to do. And I just finally, um, finished chapters 23 and 24. I was able to do 24 in two tries. It was really easy. Most chapters I usually do in only one try, but uh, chapter 23 took me 14 attempts. Um, oh my god! Six of those attempts were like I, I took Jackie to the doctor recently because she wasn't feeling so well, and uh, while she was being seen by the physician, I was in the waiting room, and in just the like short twenty minutes that she was in getting seen by the doctor, uh, I did like seven attempts because the game like killed me so quickly, and I couldn't <laughs> really tell if I was making terrible blunders or not because I'm used to Fire Emblem, so. I think it's just that this might be a harder Fire Emblem than I'm used to, and I never knew that before because I never got this far into this Fire Emblem. Are you playing it on uh, a Game Boy Advance? Yes. When I'm home, I'll play yeah. it on the Game Boy Player, but when I was at the doctor yeah. with Jackie, I played it on a on a 101. So do do, do people like uh, at the doctor's office like look at that look at you and you're like, hey, that guy's playing on a Game Boy? <laughs> so, like no one ever says anything to you, obviously, but. Um, I definitely, like, you know, I kind of, like, furtively look around a little bit when I take out the 101 and I flip it open and I turn on. And uh, one or two people in the waiting room definitely, like, looked at it. I could tell they were looking at it. But uh, no, one's, no one said anything. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I've, I still have never played Fire Emblem 7, like, the GBA. 
mm-hmm. one. I the only one that I've really put a significant amount of time to into is Awakening. Yeah. Uh, on 3ds, um, which I really enjoyed. I didn't finish it. Um, I I found it quite stressful. Like I, it made me like very anxious. <laughs> well, Fire Emblem um, in general like, is it's very stressful. It's a lot of management. Yeah, and I think be- because of that, like that's maybe why I, I hopped out of it. Like that's I I kind of put it down because like it was like a, you know, I I, I had to like be in the right mindset to play it because it made, <laughs> made me anxious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, oh, do you, do you feel that? Yeah, I mean, so like I already have like anxiety as it is, like as a disorder. Um, and playing video games is like something I do to relax me. And that's another thing, like we were talking about this last time where typically, even with a game that is, you know, kicking my ass, I tend to still look at the bright side of things, but because I know that at its core, Fire Emblem is a very management heavy experience, it is still fun, but it gets frustrating and makes me anxious when I'm trying to not be anxious. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) so that's another reason why like yes i'm having a good time but i have gone this long and i'm still not done with the game even though it's maybe only like a 20 maybe 25 hour experience like with legend of dragoon i can kind of understand why it's taking you so much time not only is it 60 hours but you're also not having the best time of your life i'm enjoying fire emblem but it's so daunting that i'll go days without picking it up again and that's something i have never experienced with a fire emblem before because this is the first time I'm this deep into this Fire Emblem, and I really think it is just that hard and that frustrating of a Fire Emblem. Wow. Dang. Uh, yeah. Based on the way you're describing this, it sounds to me like it's probably something I'm never going <laughs> to play. I, well, you know what? If uh, if you're willing to give it a shot, you know, it's something that I would totally, like, watch you play on Discord. Like we did when we did, like, Luigi's Mansion or Pikmin or stuff like that. Yeah. Which reminds me, we have right. to do that again. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is did Fire Emblem Seven come out on anything else? Is that do that? Because I remember they did. Didn't they do it on Switch? It was like a, a limited time release or something, or was that? Oh, uh, that's that the very like, first Fire Emblem for Famicom. That's the. That's the, yeah. Yeah, the Japanese one. Yeah. yeah, yeah Shad- okay. Shadow Dragon and the Blade um, of Light. So the GBA one never came out anything else? I don't believe so. Maybe it is available on the Wii U Virtual Console, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. But, yeah, if you ever wanted to, like, pick it up just to play. I mean, I you could just emulate it. No one's going to kill you. But um, it is it's, <laughs> it is a beautiful game on a GBA SP 101. It's even yeah, beautiful on the, uh, on the Game Boy Player with, like, the slightly less sharp pixels. But, uh-huh. uh, oh, it's so pretty. Even when I'm, like, feeling frustrated, all the bright colors and, like, the, the fucking, they designed, the sound design of Fire Emblem games is so beautiful. And I'm not even talking about the soundtrack. The sound effects are euphoria. The sound of moving the cursor around feels good. Clicking on things feels good. At, uh, pressing oh, R to bring that. up the information window is, like, a very, like, tingling, like, doodle doodle thing it's like it, yeah. it feels uh, really good the sound design I know is awesome exactly what you mean. yeah uh do you i feel like the same way about advance wars yeah um, playing advance wars on a gba is like it feels so nice yeah and they're both made by intelligent systems so i guess that kind of yeah. goes to show why there you go yeah probably the same team mm-hmm. um i i was gonna i we, i know we got a lot to talk about but i, I was just gonna say briefly um uh, lord and i did start playing uh it takes two uh, oh yeah which is, which is 
popping off in the news lately because it just won Game of the Year at Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, which yeah. we'll get to. Um, which was surprising to me. It is to very me also. good. Yeah. Um, we uh, are in maybe two hours in uh, or so, three hours or so in. So I, I think it's maybe like a 10 or 15 hour game. Yeah. So not super long, but um, yeah, it's it's extremely inventive. It's it, like we played a little bit of A Way Out, which was uh, Joseph Fair's earlier game. Yeah. Um, I, I had played his his first game is Brothers, I believe. And Yes. Uh, I, I, I actually did play Brothers. I never got to play A Way yeah. Out, but I watched Game Grumps play it. Yeah, I play. So I played Brothers, and I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't like think I wasn't like mind blown by it or anything, but uh, I did really enjoy it. Uh, we started playing a way out, and uh, we kind of fell out of it. I don't, I don't know if we'll maybe we'll go back to it after we finish it. Uh, it takes two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very dark, um, and a way out. Or sorry, uh, it takes two is not at all. And it takes two is a lot. Well, it, it's got some dark tones to it, but um, uh, a way out is just very serious. Uh, yeah, and, and it takes two is a lot more playful. Um, and so I think that it was a little bit more engaging for us because of that. Yeah. Um, but some, yeah, it, it's, it's every five minutes, uh, there's something new happening and it's like every space you go into is interesting. There's new mechanics introduced all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's quite special. It reminds me of a lot of like playing portal Two co-op, um, oh, yeah. where you're like, so, you know, you're solving puzzles together and, um, there's just like always new mechanics being introduced. Yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, it, it evokes the exact same feelings as playing that. So, uh, I would honestly recommend this to anybody who, uh, even if it's somebody who's like not really into games and maybe you want to like get, just kind of introduce them to games or, uh, it, maybe it's, it's something that is just a little bit different for maybe you're a couple or maybe you're uh, two friends or maybe something you want to play with a parent um, or a kid like that. That's, this is a perfect, um, I think type of game for all of that. So, which uh, is also, you know, I think I, it also won like best family game, didn't it? Yeah. So, Oh yeah. yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really special. Um, I, I'm really excited to get through the rest of it. Um, but definitely like, yeah, I, I, okay, at the, at the beginning of this segment, I said that I was surprised that it won Game of the Year, and I still am slightly surprised just based on uh, what the Game Awards is and what this kind of award typically goes to, I think. Yeah. Um, but to their credit, like, it, it's a very good game, and it definitely deserves it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I, that's something I want to definitely play with Jackie at some point, because... Um, you know, for those of you who might not be aware, no spoilers, but like it takes two is about a uh, a couple who is having trouble with their marriage and they're gonna divorce, um, and and they learn mm-hmm. they learn to work together in a way that I'm not spoiling, um, and so it, it feels like the kind of game that like you would want to play with your significant other. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um... Yeah, it's it's a little bit like like the the story is a little I guess like darker in that sense. Um, it's kind of like uh, the I mean this is all in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler. But it's basically the the, the two parents are turned into the the daughters' playthings, like the toys. And yeah. It, you know, uh, and so then you kind of navigate, and so because of that, like everything is like larger than life kind of thing. It's all like you're you start out in like the workshop in the garage, uh, and then you move into like the tree in the backyard, and you're like working with like this army of squirrels and stuff, right? So you're like it's you're small, um, 
Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a very yeah, weird they, concept, it, it's, but it's, it's very, yeah. It's definitely, like, something... Yeah, it's definitely it's cool. something that's, like, the the overarching story is a little sad, but I get the impression that, you know, it probably has a happy ending, I assume. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Uh, again, I haven't, I haven't played it. I've watched the beginning of it on Game Grumps, but it looked like something I really wanted to play, so I stopped watching it, yeah. and eventually I'll get around yeah. to playing it. Well, uh, it's yeah, definitely do it. like all of uh, Joseph Fair's games are multiplayer only, so I can't experience them by myself. I have to play with someone else. Uh, so mm-hmm. eventually, uh, hopefully, Jackie'll. I'm sure she will. She'll play it with me, and yeah. uh, you know, we'll <laughs> we'll play it, or or you and I can play it, because because we're a we couple. We're, yeah, we're a couple I, on the verge you, of divorce. <laughs> Uh, um, I hope not. Do you have something to tell me? Uh, no. Do you have something you want to tell me? <laughs> no. I think we're good, right? What's What's this uh, game dust on your collar? <laughs> Trust me, it's uh, it's not what it looks like. You weren't at the NES factory late last night, were you, Tyler? <laughs> the NES factory. <laughs> anyway, okay. Before Before we move Covered on, game dust. Before we move on to the gamer news with a Z. That one's for you, buddy. Or it legally doesn't Thank count. Um, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to intersperse here with a brand new segment called Matt is Needlessly Pedantic about video game adjacent media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're going to tell me about a vinyl record you picked up that's like a video game? <laughs> no. Um, are you familiar with the movie 8-Bit Christmas? Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, yes. I have seen the trailer. I have not seen the movie yet because I don't believe it's available in Canada. Although that said, I have not looked. Okay, it, it's on HBO Max, and if you're able to, in any way, shape, or form, like you can borrow my HBO Max if you're able to watch it some way, because I think it would be worth it to look at. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say right at the beginning, I did not think that Eight Bit Christmas was a bad movie. However. 8-Bit Christmas is not really a very good movie either. And, and <laughs> I'm not even talking because of all of the things I'm about to be needlessly pedantic about. It, uh, I think the acting is pretty good, except for some of the characters. They're a little wooden. Um, the plot is, while believable when you read it as the trailer, once it gets into the film, it becomes a little contrived. Um, I think some of the characters... Oh, hold on. Should we say... Should we... Uh, okay. For, for those of you who aren't aware, there's yeah, yeah, a yeah, film yeah. that just came out called 8-Bit Christmas. Uh, it stars Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Um, and it's directed by Michael Dowes, uh, who also did... Um, if Elf. You're Cana- the Canadians uh, will, will know that... Uh, what? He did Elf? No, it, it's... Uh, no, I'm sorry. It's um, the, the film was, I believe, produced by the same studio that did Elf. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, the director also did uh, the Canadians on the Fubar and Fubar Two, um, as well as Goon, which is like a great hockey movie. Go if you're a hockey player or a hockey fan, go watch Goon. It's really good. Um, you weren't really out late last night playing hockey with the guys, Tyler. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, that, that's kind of the, the background on this film. Um, it's what is it? I don't even really know what it's about. So uh, the premise of the film, I pretty much said everything I needed to. Up, up until yeah. what I'm about to do where I'm needlessly pedantic. Um, Let's hear it. So the the basic premise of the film is Neil Patrick Harris is a, uh, um, I think, a single father, because it doesn't really explain very well. And he and his daughter, they get along, but she really wants like a new phone for Christmas. And he's like, no, you're not getting a new phone. Let me tell you the story about when I wanted something really badly in my childhood. And uh, 
they're visiting their grandma's house, but grandma's not home from whatever the hell she's doing yet. So he's like, you know what? I know how to pass the time. And they, they, he pulls out the NES and they start playing the NES. And he's like, well, this is perfect. This is the story I wanted to tell you. So I'm going to tell you about the time that I wanted a Nintendo Entertainment System. And then the rest of the story is told in flashback with occasional um, leaps forward back in time to Neil Patrick Harris and his daughter having a little tete-a-tete and bantering here and there. And of course, at the beginning, she's like, I don't want to hear this dumb story about this gray box. But then as you go on, it does like that Princess Bride thing where she's like, well, what happened next? And he's like, I thought you didn't care. (laughs) And she's like, well, I don't. I just need to know. But so that's cute, you know, but um, okay. The reason why this section is called Matt is needlessly pedantic about video game adjacent media is because uh, I take video games kind of seriously in case you guys weren't aware. You don't say. (laughs) Um, Not only do I, you know, I love video games as my hobby, but I recognize video games as an art form and video game history is incredibly important to me and I believe it should be important to the history of humans in general. Some people see it as a toy, but um, that doesn't really mean anything. I also think toys are important to the history of human beings. So your your argument does not hold water. Anyway, um, I found a quite an exhaustive, but I won't go over every single one because some of them are incredibly pedantic. But um, I've come up with quite an exhaustive list of errors and uh, just a bad form that this movie um, took part in um, in trying to make itself a movie all about the NES. Um, So right away, (laughs) um, the film starts up and they find the NES and he's like, oh, my old NES. And he's like rifling through the cartridges. And there's one cartridge that stands out to me. They're all regular-ass NES games. There's, like, Narc and Paperboy. In fact, they start playing Paperboy after that scene, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, It's interesting that they chose Paperboy out of all the yeah, games. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that there was some games that they couldn't get licensed to show, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But um, one of the cartridges in the box is Super Sprint. Um, I'm going to show a photo of Super Sprint for our YouTube audience, just so everyone knows what it's supposed to look like. It's an unlicensed black Tangan cartridge. Tyler, you know what that looks like already. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But for whatever reason in the film, it's a regular gray NES cartridge. And, uh, yeah. And, like, so that's already me being needlessly pedantic, because anybody else wouldn't even bat an eye. But I know better. So, negative points for that. Um, at the beginning of when they play Paperboy... Um, it kind of just like starts up almost like an Atari game instead of an NES game where they, they put the card. Of course, they blow into the pins because you got um, <laughs> cultural accuracy, uh, even though it sets a bad example. They pop the Paperboy cartridge in and then they boot up the NES and it like immediately goes into the game. No one or two players, no like showing the day of the week. No, these are your subscribers. All stuff that's kind of important for how Paperboy works as a game. So... That's very pedantic of me, I know. Um, they start having a conversation with each other while they're playing Paperboy, and they, like, have direct eye contact with each other during this conversation, and they don't pause the game. And Paperboy is, like, an action game, and if you don't look at the screen, you will not survive in Paperboy. So that's just, you know, me being pedantic, I get it, but it's not accurate. Um, there's also weirdly, like, no uh, heads-up display on any of the games that they show, really, uh, in the whole film. But I first noticed it with Paperboy. It doesn't show the score or the number of, like, uh, newspapers left or the number of lives or anything like that, which is also 
kind of necessary info. But yeah, yeah. Um, but let's let's go down to the stuff that's a little bit more weird. Um, they start playing an NES game around like I don't know, maybe like the ten minute mark of the movie. We're in the flashback now, and there's this one kid. His name's I think Timmy Keen or Jimmy Keen. Who fucking cares? And uh, <laughs> but by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm not going to spoil the ending of this movie, but I am going to bring up scenes so that I can accurately, you know, be a pedant. <laughs> so if you want your uh, viewing experience of 8-Bit Christmas to not be sullied by uh, by, by Matthew's description, <laughs> yeah. do not listen on. And again, I know I'm being pedantic, but it's it's for the jokes, people. Also, I love video games. But, um, so they have all these licenses to be able to use, like, Paperboy, Super Sprint, except not in the correct cartridge form, NARC, um, I think I even saw, like, a Defender 2 in there, uh, at times, um, they boot up an NES at, like, the rich kid Timmy Keen's house, and it's, like, this fake game that doesn't exist, it's, like, like, something Force 2000 or something, um, and then it shows gameplay of the game, and it's, like, not a real video game. Like, it doesn't really exist. They made up a game for this scene. And, like, I guess that's fine if it's, like, a fake video game cartridge. But when the point of the movie is to, like, display, like, it's the NES. This is the toy that everyone wanted. They use a lot of, like, real vocab, and they talk about real things in game history surrounding the NES. For them to have a scene where they show a very obviously not real NES game, it just kind of makes me wonder why they didn't choose one of the other games that were in that sh- the shoebox at the beginning of the film. Because um, hmm. they, they, they obviously could. They showed the cartridges. Um, there's a scene in that... Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene in the film where somebody uses a zapper and... Uh, yeah, of course. There's, you kinda have. Yeah, there's no uh, flashing on the screen. When they use the zapper, the stuff just explodes on the screen. Um, which, again, I'm being pedantic. That's not how the zapper is used. Um, okay, at the end of the film, it's revealed that the that the flashback portion of the movie, most of it, takes place in December of 1988. And in one of the scenes in the film, there's an ad for the Power Glove, uh, which didn't come out until December 89. Um, oh, I know. It's so bad. I know. Um, also, the ad for the Power Glove features two games, Defender 2 and Wizard of War. Um, every game on the NES library is totally able to be used with the Power Glove, but I don't really see any reason why the ad would use Defender 2 as the example, because it's not a... It sounds to me like they got the licensing for, like, five games <laughs> yeah. and had to make it work. Um, but also, Wizard of War is not an NES game. It never came out on NES in any region. It's an Atari 2600 game. So, oops. So here's the thing. Like, I I feel like with a you know a regular ass like Hallmark Christmas movie or whatever, you 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 like if there's a scene with video games in it, like you can excuse any inaccuracies to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Um. Whereas this game is called Eight Bit Christmas, and the whole premise of the movie is about the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, they refer to it by name. They call all the accessories by name. They have and references so you, to real games. You kind of think that they might have, you know, I don't know, like an on-set consultant or something to be like, oh, yeah, Dude, it takes fucking five awesome. seconds of Googling to make sure that you know when the Power Glove came out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, that, I don't know. It, it's just, it sounds, it's mind-boggling to yeah. me. Yeah. Also, I, I was reading the, uh, uh, I was reading the reviews uh, for this movie, 
Um, and one of the, uh, the, the critical uh, reviews uh, has the line, for viewers seeking an undemanding and sweetly nostalgic ode to, uh, to Yuletide seasons past, 8-bit Christmas boots up without a glitch. <laughs> I, I, I fucking love it when they do these like cheesy like one-line reviews but it also has to kind of like tie into the genre of the film or the topic yeah. of the film so now they, they're using the boots up without a glitch oh god hey you know what more power to whoever's trying to come up with those uh those taglines to get the movie to uh, to uh <laughs> to be viewed by more people uh I, I know we're uh, we're coming like short on time here. I don't want to take up too much with this, but I do want to mention one more. Um, I want to hear it. So there are a lot of other scenes where they're just like not really doing a good job of showing the NES in you know its actual glory. They have another couple of fake games, one of which is like a Mortal Kombat clone, and it has like four directional scrolling, which is impossible on the NES. And um, <laughs> like also they they use the power glove without the receiver on the TV. And, like, that doesn't make any sense just from a technological standpoint. But the big thing that got me is there's a scene later on in the film where uh, the main character, Jake, he is looking at an NES display that is, like, talking to him. Like, it's, like, invented in his mind because he wants it so bad. So the NES is like, come right. come play with me, Jake. And he, like, walks up to it. And there are, like, stacked boxes of NESs all around the display, you know, for people to come and buy. And um, sure. they got the licensing to use the image of the NES. They got the licensing to use the seal of quality. They got the licensing to use the controllers. They got the licensing to use the zapper. I don't even know if any of that really requires licensing, but they were able to use them. However, they use the action set box. And I can tell it's the action set box because it's the only way, like the way that those boxes look in the film, that the way that they have the NES and the controllers set up with the gun it only appears that way on the action set box. That's yeah. neither here nor there. But um, on literally zero of any of the NES like retail configurations, does it ever say the words video game? And that's for a very specific reason. Historically, um, after the crash of 1983, Nintendo jumped through hoops to yeah. avoid using the word video game because nobody wanted to buy video games anymore. And... Um, that's really important. That's the whole reason the NES sold it at all. And uh, in the middle of the film, on the action set box, it says Nintendo video game set. And again, I am being pedantic, but the whole reason the NES sold so well is because it never said video game set anywhere on it. No, it was you bought game packs for your entertainment system. Yes, uh, I have an action set box, and literally it says... The ultimate in video entertainment, right on it. Yes. Um, yes. So, I don't know. I'm being needlessly pedantic for the comedy, but at the same time, stuff like this, um, <laughs> you know, I don't it know. It irks you. It does. It irks me a little bit. I, I feel like, at the very least, you know, it, again, it took me like five seconds of Googling to make 100% sure that I wasn't crazy because I knew the. Power Glove came out in 89. So all I did was look up Power Glove and the Wikipedia article showed up and I clicked the word Wikipedia in the Google sidebar and there it was. They could have done that. Yeah. You know? I don't know. But, uh... It's, it's, yeah. it's interesting to me that this movie came out. It's like, what are they trying to... You know, because, like, the, the Wizard was an ad. Right? Yes. Like, there's... 
it, they, that's what it was. That's why it existed, right? Like, what is this? Is not advertising anything. It's it's nostalgia. So, like, why? So you know, I get it. I guess, yeah. Huh. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> that's uh, that's everything I want to I'll, say. I'll have to give it a watch. Yeah, yeah it's, it is break, still I'll, worth I'll uh, find a way to watch it. It is still worth watching. There are a couple of moments where I was just like, "Aw," and the ending, which I won't spoil, uh, made me cry. So it is still, oh, you know, an emotional film. It's very touching. I know. Um, but anyway, such an emotional man, Matthew. Yeah, let's let's get away from this. We're done. I never want to talk about Eighth <laughs> Christmas ever again. <laughs> okay, noted. Uh, let's let's go to the news. Um, uh, we we are a little short on time, but we'll we'll breeze through yeah, yeah. the the kind of one big thing that went on uh, the past two weeks, and that was the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley's uh, annual presentation. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I really like the Game Awards. I, 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 I'm glad that, like, I feel like over the years, like, we've had, games have kind of had a, ver- a variety of game awards, you know? Like, there's, like, the GDC stuff, and, like, every news outlets do, do, like, the Game of the Year and stuff. It's hard to have, like, there's no Oscars, right? There's no Emmys of games. Yeah. Um, and I think this, I think Jeff Keighley has developed this into being that. Mm-hmm. Um this is like the first event that like you know at work the next day people were coming up to me and talking about it and 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 stuff so like it, it's an actual event that people are like sitting down to watch now yeah um, which is great um I, there's a ton of announcements um that uh, that went on um I'll, I'll obviously a ton of awards given out uh i will go through the list of announcements i'm not going to list out all of them um but just the ones that can maybe stood out to me um I was really excited to see uh, some footage of, or the reveal for Alan Wake 2. Um, I really love Alan Wake 1. I played that back in the day, like when it came out. Yeah. Um, and so here we are, I know, 13 years later or something, and <laughs> Alan Wake 2 is finally coming out. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that he said it was a survival horror game. Um, uh, so it sounds like it's going to take maybe a different turn. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what that's like. Um, there was a trailer for, uh, Somerville, um, oh, which yeah. has been on my radar for a while. Uh, yeah. that's the same studio that did Limbo. Um, and, uh, that looks like incredible. If you haven't seen this, go watch the reveal trailer for Somerville. It is, looks like super moody and super atmospheric. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but like also just like super simple. And I, I, I don't know. I love the look of it. I, th- I think that it's going to be, uh, just incredible. So we'll see what happens there. Um, uh, what else? We saw. Oh, we saw some new Fall Guys characters. Uh, <laughs> the Nightmare Before Christmas yeah. is coming to Fall Guys. Um, so get ready for that press release. Uh, it's coming. Uh, <laughs> there was. Uh, what else did we get? Steel Rising uh, looked kind of weird. There was a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, a Star Trek game is coming out, and I'm like, who's who is that for? Uh, <laughs> Dying Light Two had a cinematic cinematic trailer. That was like apparently really um, uh, like highly anticipated. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people who love Dying Light, so uh, that's coming out. Uh, what else we got? Oh, the Halo TV show uh, had a yeah. trailer. Which I kind of forgot that they were making because the talks of like a Halo movie and or a TV show has have been going on literally for like twenty years. Yeah, for years. a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> so to see something finally happening is kind of buckwild. Oh shit! Damn it! I said buckwild. Damn. Oh no! It's crazy. <laughs> uh, it's it's crazy to see something like this going on. Uh, so I don't know. That's happening. 
Um, Elden Ring had the big trailer, and I think that's the one that everybody was waiting for. You and I were talking about this, about, like, how yeah. we're not really stoked on this, but, like, it seems that everybody and their dog want yeah, this Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand, because, like, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of gamers, and no one's really talking about Elden Ring. Um, everyone's talking about the sequel to Breath of the Wild. And Elden Ring won most anticipated. And I get it. I realize that my little microcosm of people is not a good sample size for the rest of the gamerdom, but it just still felt so unusual because no one's talking about it to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm the opposite. I have a whole slew of friends who are all sto- stoked about it, mm-hmm. and I have like a very, very little interest. So I, I don't know. I like it. Looks good. I, I'm not going to play it. I don't think, but. I, um, I will give it a shot. I think it would be, um, you know, considering how anticipated it is, just like with Cyberpunk 2077, I eventually pick that up too. So, you know, we'll yeah. it'll come to a point where I want to see what all the, uh, you know, what the whirlpool of anticipation was for. So. Yeah. I think that the thing that maybe you and I were both most excited for is we finally got a look at uh, not only the Sonic the Hedgehog movie uh, 2 yeah. trailer. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we also saw uh, at the trailer for the new kind of mainline Sonic game called Sonic Frontiers. Yeah. Uh, which basically just looks like Sonic Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It, it that, looks like Breath of the Wild and they put Sonic in it. That I'm seeing. Um, I am very interested to see how this is going to go. I, w- I won't speak too much on it because, again, there isn't a lot of information. The trailer no. showed kind of the bare minimum. But uh, what it looks like is just straight up like hey, you know that whole, like, level design thing? Like, story-driven, act-to-act, zone-to-zone? It's it's over. Sonic is going 100% open-world 3D. And uh, I am very, very interested to see how they do that. Because it doesn't feel like the kind of thing that Sonic was ever designed for. Which it, is a, yeah, also it, a big asterisk, because has Sonic ever been doing anything that he was originally designed for? <laughs> so it, it can't be good, right? <laughs> like there's I, there's absolutely no rational sense in me getting my hopes up for this, right? That's the thing, right? If this were any other IP, I feel like everyone would be like, "Oh my god, no way!" But because it's Sonic, and we have such a a tepid history with Sonic, and how he always builds us up just to let us down, uh, yeah, it's just because of that that I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna hold my breath. I think it looks cool, <laughs> but uh, I am not going into this expecting. To have my whole world turned upside down. Yeah, I'm just going to call it now. I'm going to say um, it's going to be bad. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's going to be bad. And I would be happy to be proven wrong. But just so I don't hype myself up over this, I'm just calling it. It's going to be bad. It's going to be a bad game. Yeah. It looks 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 terrible. Guys, when you're playing uh, Sonic Frontiers saw... for the first time and it's bad, uh, just remember your pal Tyler in Super FX episode 17 <laughs> said it was going to be bad. So we told you so. No hate mail, please. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 happening. Um, it's gonna be bad. Yeah. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two, the movie. Uh, it's a movie that's coming out, uh, and uh, it's got Sonic in it again. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> it's also got Tails in it. Yeah. Um, and it's also got Knuckles in it, and yeah! Knuckles is played by Idris Elba, and Knuckles look fucking badass, dude. He looks sweet. Oh man. I, so this is one that I actually am excited for because when I went to see the Sonic, the, the Sonic movie one, <laughs> um, <laughs> I went in with low expectations as usual for a Sonic anything, and uh, I was actually really surprised. I enjoyed it a lot. 
I really, really liked it. So now that I've seen that, I am trying to be optimistic and I want to go into Sonic 2 with high expectations on purpose because they, they proved to me they can do it. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Why are they able to make a video game movie good, but the actual video games that the video game movie is based on? Are they not good? <laughs> I think they're for different crowds. I feel like the Sonic movie isn't for like Sonic's diehard fans. I feel like it's more for like kids and people oh, who remember Sonic. Yeah. Not necessarily it's people who are like, is. I love Sonic Adventure too. Like, I don't, I don't think it's for them. It's for it's for people like me. I love Sonic. I just don't like the games. They suck. <laughs> yeah, I love Sonic, but if you asked me if I like Sonic, I have to say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I can't in good conscience admit to liking a Sonic game. Yeah. Because there are no good Sonic games. I know. Hey, I don't want to get any listener mail about that. It's the truth. <laughs> Y'all know it. Sonic Mania rocks. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> the only other things that I really wanted to touch upon with the Game Awards are that I'm really happy that Dread won Best Action Adventure. I really wasn't expecting that. It was my pick, but then again, I also, you know, I love Nintendo and I love Metroid, so I was a little bit biased, but I still wasn't expecting it to take it, so I'm very happy to have seen that. Yeah, yeah, I, I still haven't played it, but uh, it's I can have it now, so it's coming. <laughs> um, other than that, there was a... Besides the fact that Dread won and so Doug Bowser went on stage and did a little reading, um, there was a distinct lack of Nintendo's presence at this Game Awards. We didn't get any sort of reveals. We got like a couple seconds of a trailer for footage I think we've already seen for the sequel to Breath of the Wild. And, yeah, uh, they had like a little sizzle reel yeah. like, like a couple times. They had like two or three of them, but it was all stuff I think that we already knew about. So like, that's cool and all. But usually at the Game Awards, Nintendo has at least somewhat of a presence, or they show us at least a little bit more of something new. Or there's usually a big announcement. Like at last year's Game Awards, we got Sephiroth. So, like, I don't know. It's another one of these things where I was trying to be optimistic about it, but the fact that there was nearly no Nintendo presence at all, unless you count the fact that Reggie was there, although that technically doesn't count anymore. um, Yeah. I, I was very shocked that there was less Nintendo presence than any other year at the Game Awards. Yeah, they've been uh, a little quiet lately. Um, the last big thing that we had from them was that Direct where they announced uh, the new Kirby game and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they've really done much <laughs> since then, right? We had the Nintendo Switch Online stuff, and that, you know that's it. So yeah, they've been pretty a little much. quiet lately. I, I, I imagine, if I had to guess, and I don't know for sure, but if I had to guess, I imagine that they want to keep their reveals to their own event, right? They can do their direct so easily now that they're able to kind of like control the hype for for that kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel I feel like if what they were announcing is even slightly underwhelming, then it would have been overshadowed by the other stuff that happened at the event. So I think they maybe want to. That's my guess is to hold on to the hold on to their own event and kind of have their own day, you know, where like the news is Nintendo, not the news is all this other video games. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's uh, it was just a little shocking, but you know what? Yeah. I think I think the game awards still went pretty well. I enjoyed myself, and you and I watched it together through Discord, so it was pretty fun. So yeah, and Imagine Dragons was that was there. Oh like, yeah, the it's, it's always always Imagine Dragons. <laughs> That threw me for a loop when Lauren came in and she was just like, when's Imagine Dragons coming on? And then she walked out and like two minutes later they were on. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, there they are. Well, oh yeah, and then she came back from like, I think she was like working on a project. Or so- she was doing something. 
right? Yeah. And she came back and you were yeah. like, hey, you missed Imagine Dragons. And she's like, shut the fuck up. You're fucking with me. <laughs> I'm like, no, legit. You left. You <laughs> made that comment, left. They came on, did their thing, and then got and off. And back. then you came back. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of that, uh, that that rapper whose name we found out? I forgot. I forgot oh, already. I don't even remember. Hold on, it was like a single syllable, wasn't it? It was like it was like jib or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember his. I, I remember his name, like his actual name, more than his stage name. Because I remember you said his name was Destin Choice Roots. Oh, okay, hold on. De- Destin Choice. Yeah, Jid. Jid, that's it. <laughs> what a yeah, name. I Jid. love that. I love it for some yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Jid is a, is a, that, that was a treat. We saw Jid. Yeah, it was, I was cool. It was cool. I wasn't expecting Imagine Dragons, but here we are. Uh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren was. Yeah, she definitely was. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's go into uh, yeah the pickups. These these are actually pretty, these are pretty quick for me. So now I don't feel yeah, so bad it. Um, running up our time with uh, my needless pedanticisms. But uh, so <laughs> there are two versions of Sonic the Hedgehog two. Physically speaking, the game is exactly the same, but it was released uh, bundled with Genesis consoles as not for resale version. The same with Sonic one, um, and there was also a standalone version that doesn't say not for resale on it. And uh, mm-hmm. I only ever had one copy. I just had the standard regular uh, cartridge, but I didn't have the box or the manual or anything. Somebody mm-hmm. on Long Island Gamers United recently was selling um, two complete copies of Sonic 2, and they were both different. One of them was NFR, and the other one was standard. So uh, I got them both, and uh, now yes. I have both copies um, with both boxes and both manuals. Um and I didn't need the extra standard cartridge, so I gave it to Max, because I don't think uh, they had uh, Sonic 2 at that point, and they were super grateful. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I was having a small conversation with Max about it, though, because um, they came with me to grab the, the boxes and carts, and they were just like, at what point do you like look at yourself in the mirror and go, I am buying the same game multiple times, which is not technically making a real dent in my collection. And I looked at them right in the face, and I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't say that to me. I already fucking, I already deal with it. I don't have to be lectured. <laughs> but it was really funny. Uh, yeah, well, you got uh, you got two Sonic 2s. I got one Sonic 3. Yeah, oh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, my, my, my buddy Justin. Um, What's up, Justin? He, yeah, how's it going, bud? Uh, he, I guess, he, I think he just said he just, like, found it cleaning. He, I think he had his copy of Sonic 2 and Sonic 3, and I had two. I didn't have three. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll pick you up from your house, and we'll go out for dinner, and I'll buy you dinner for that, in exchange for that copy of Sonic 3. Oh, dude, you spent more he than was the like, cartridge yeah, okay. worth. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got still to you. So, yeah, so, uh, we went for, we went for Donaires, and, uh, I got him a Donaire in exchange for his copy of Sonic 3. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so now I've got, you know, one, two, and three. Uh, I don't have a Knuckles. Um, Eventually. Uh, so my Sonic my Sonic collection is it's it's yeah. growing slowly, but surely. Yeah, well, I mean, you love Sonic, um, so you got to get on that. I love Sonic. I just don't like his games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the other thing I got, uh, I was at Valley Village yesterday, or uh, yeah, yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found an Explorer guitar controller, which I already have. 
Um, uh, one, uh, like the th- on the Xbox 360, I don't think that the Explorer even came out on anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, like that's the most like valuable guitar controller it seems that I can tell because um, they sell for like eighty bucks Canadian mm-hmm. uh, for some crazy reason. I don't know why. Uh, so I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of like flipping these things, but like I, I probably will flip this one because it was three dollars. Uh, I can sell it for like a ton, and I can use that money to go buy more other games. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I and I already have like a slew of Guitar Hero slash Rock Band stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of kind of cool to see that there. Yeah, that's a nice flip actually. That that actually brings me into my next story because uh, it has yeah, it, it has to do with flipping. Um, where the other day I, my friend Chris, um, is struggling with some of his like end of semester work and I, you know, I went to school for education and, uh, one of the things I like to do as a fun activity, and I'm not lying, is help other people do their homework. So, um, I was like, Hey, do you want my help or whatever? And he's like, yeah, come over. We'll make a day out of it. You know, we can go to the trading post or to Tri-County, which is a flea market near me. And, uh, we'll, we'll buy some games and then you can help me with my homework. I was like, hell yeah, dude, let's do it. Um, as I was finishing up my work day before I was about to go out and hang with Chris, um, Mm -hmm. I was just scanning through Facebook marketplace and someone was giving away not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six we balance boards for free so <laughs> and we were going to the video game trading post and any amount of trade credit is better than zero so on my way to chris's yeah. i just stopped by this dude's house and uh i got six we balance boards and mike sells we balance boards at the trading post for like 30 bucks each because that's how much they go for on ebay and um so he gave me quite a hefty amount of credit for them and I bought uh, Ghouls and Ghosts on Genesis. <laughs> oh, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. Let's so, go. Yeah. So I, I turned essentially just some shit <laughs> into <laughs> a great Genesis game. And I got to hang out with Chris. So it was awesome. I I should I'd start amassing those maybe. I, I see them all the all time. All the time. Every single time yeah. I go to a Value Village. Me too. Like at that. Savers, always they're always there. like one ninety nine or something like that. Oh really? Here they're more. Um, well, of course I, they I, are. I, I, you, it, you have, it varies because yours are in Canadian. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, you'd, they would probably be priced at like five or ten dollars. Oh really? Um, oh no. Yeah, they, they uh, have so, so many. I, for that, that reason, I never buy them. them. Well, I mean, the reason I don't buy them is because I, when I go to Savers, I'm not really there just to find something to flip. It's usually it's not even worth oh, my yeah. time to do that unless I was like. Unless I stumble upon something that I'm like, oh, wow, this actually is worth a lot. But, you know, per balance board, it's not worth it. Unless I'm getting them yeah. for absolutely free. Then I'll take them. <laughs> you know? All at once. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I, I, I definitely shop with the same mindset. I don't go into it, like, looking for somebody to flip. But, like, I, if I see a $90 item for $2, like, yeah, I'm probably going to pick that up. Yeah. I've I've been at yard yeah. sales before where uh, someone's just like I just want to get rid of everything I have and I'm like, would you take seventy five bucks for this whole thing? And they're like, sure thing. And then I take it to Mike and he's like, all right, three fifty. And I, you know I keep this all. Is where you say, hey Tyler, you call up your buddy Tyler and you say, hey Tyler, do you have any of these games? I did that. <laughs> I, give them to I did mind. that. I did that to you. 
<laughs> I know. Do you, I'm, I, I'm thanking yeah, you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I do do that every time. I do it with Max, too, because I, I don't fucking care. If I'm going to get money out of it anyway, then I don't need money out of you or Max. So, but, uh, yeah, no, it's always Fair a fun enough. time. But, uh, yeah, that's that's all my pickups. Game collecting, really. man. Yeah. Right on, right on. Should we uh, should we uh, send this one home? Yeah, we can we can pack its suitcase and give it a little pat on the bum and send it back to its apartment on the hill. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> what's that thing? Send it on the uh, stick it on the five fifteen and see if it gets off at Westport. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that that'll do it for this show. Uh, to learn more about SuperFX, you can visit our website. It's superfxpodcast.com. You can find our show wherever you find your other favorite podcasts, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We'd love to chat with you. Uh, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, all at SuperFXPodcast. Um, or reach out with any comments and questions on uh, uh, email. Uh, that's hi at SuperFXPodcast.com. H-I at SuperFXPodcast.com. If you like what we're doing and you're enjoying the show and you'd like to support us, please be, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash superfxpodcast. If you're listening on YouTube, consider liking, subscribing, and leaving a comment down below. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it really, really helps out if you leave a review and a rating on our show. Uh, as always, a special thank you to Kenny Martin uh, for our theme song. You can find him at Kenma, that's K-E-N-M-A dot bandcamp dot com. And as always, a very special thank you to you. Thank you so, so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Sayonara.